Welcome to Make Your Marketing. I'm your host, Pia Larson, Chief Imagination Officer here at Fingerprint Marketing. Just like other small business owners, I had to learn how to navigate marketing and found there was no such thing as an automatic when it comes to driving your business. You need to know how to shift. That said, there's no reason to stall or come to a stop. With the right guide, you can be in the driver's seat and lapping your competition in no time. On today's episode of Make Your Marketing Podcast, I speak to one of my marketing mentors, Joey Coleman, author of Never Lose a Customer Again. He talks about customer retention, experience, and loyalty. I've been following him and am a true fangirl for probably over 10 years. He is full of ideas to help you retain your clients and customers and make lifelong connections with them so that they stick around. You're going to want to listen to this podcast. I know you're going to get so many valuable nuggets and let's get started with the show. Welcome to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I am here with Joey Coleman and I've been a fangirl for so long. I've got to admit, I've met you in person three times, social media marketing world at Jason Swank's agency retreat in Colorado, Durango, and many other places. So uh, I know that we've, oh, and heroic speaking yes, um, as well. Yeah. So, and actually fun fact, you are one of the main reasons I started a podcast because when we were at the agency mastermind, I asked you if you'd be my guest. I'm like... Holy hell, now I have to actually create a podcast so I can invite Joey. So welcome to the show. Oh, well, thank you, Pia. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks so much to everybody who joined us for listening. I'm super excited about our conversation today. Yeah, so Joey's superpower is helping you keep your clients, retain your clients, and he's got some great facts and statistics he's going to drop drop for us today, and some actual tips that you can walk away with from this episode so you can hold on to your clients for a longer time. He is the author of Never Lose a Customer Again. And one of his main tenets is that in the first 100 days, if you can wow your client, you have a client for what, at least five years, right? Yeah, the, the research re is really fascinating around this, Pia. When I was putting together my book, Never Lose a Customer Again, we looked at small, medium, and large companies, international and domestic, online and offline, product and service, you name it, the full gambit. And what we found is that somewhere between 20 and 70% of your new customers will decide to stop doing business with you in the first 100 days of the relationship. 20 to 70%. I mean, those numbers were staggering to me. Uh, it's 21% uh, for cell phones, 20% for software as a service, 32% for banks, 68% for auto mechanics. I mean, it was just the wide range of defection. And what was scarier to me than that huge gaping number 
was that the typical business owner has no idea what their percentage is. They have no idea how many of their customers are leaving as quickly as they come in the front door. And when I say leaving, it either means they're actually leaving, where they're completely done doing business with you, or they've decided to mentally check out. So you might have Mm -hmm. a year-long program, and then you're trying to renew them you know, in month 11 to get them to sign on for the next year. They've already decided in the first three months whether they're going to renew a year from now. And so the research shows if we really focus on that time period, if on day 101, your new customers are loving you, they're feeling ecstatic about the relationship, in the typical business, they will stay for five years. So the numbers really speak for themselves as to the financial and long-term business benefit of deciding to focus on your customers in the first 100 days. That's that's amazing. So I think part of the problem that you outline in your book and when you're speaking is that people like me who are entrepreneurs and excited to sell, 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 right? You're so focused all your all your time and effort on getting that next client because there's that high, right? That's what we live for. But it's really you need to focus on retention in those first 100 days. Now, I know it's in the book, but for those people who haven't read it yet, take us through the eight milestones of customer retention, if you don't mind. Sure. No, I'm happy to. I believe there are eight phases of your customer journey, eight different states, if you will, that your customers are in. And if you meet your customer at the state they're in in the journey with the proper tools, with the proper communications, with the proper empathy and connection and emotional experience, you can advance them to the next phase. If you don't, you don't get to advance them to the next phase. And my goal is to get you to advance them all the way through the eight phases, and then we get to rinse and repeat. So just as a little context, I'll go through each of these quickly. They all start with the letter A. The idea here is if you're getting all of them right, it's like getting straight A's on your report card. Your students are very happy with you. You're doing a great job. So the first phase is the assess phase. This is when a prospect is considering whether or not they want to do business with you. In common parlance, we call this marketing and sales. In most businesses, this is where they spend 80, 90% of their time, effort, and money, filling the funnel, driving new clients. In Joey's version of the customer journey, it gets the first stop, but it only gets one stop of the eight. The second phase is the admit phase. This is day one of the first 100 days. In the admit phase, the prospect admits that they have a problem or a need that they believe you can help them solve. So they sign on the dotted line, they hand over their hard-earned cash, they enter into a formal relationship with you. Now, in a product-based business, this is they buy your product. A service-based business, this is they sign the service agreement contract. It's when they officially become a customer. Now, what's interesting is immediately after that happens, they go into phase three, the affirm phase. This phase is the buyer's remorse phase. We've all heard of the phrase buyer's remorse, but most businesses don't have a system and a process in place to address the buyer's remorse that we scientifically know every customer experiences. Oh, and P.S., by the way, if your product or your service is at a higher price point, the buyer's remorse is greater. Buyer's remorse for buying a car is greater than buyer's remorse for buying a pack of gum. So depending on where your pricing lies, you might be thinking, well, I, you know, I'm not priced at a car. Well, yeah, but are you more than a, pr- a pack of gum? Because you're experiencing buyer's remorse. So in this affirm stage, what we need to do is reaffirm the decision that the customer just made to do business with us. Usually that's all it takes. It's just reaffirming because otherwise we're feeling joy, euphoria, excitement. This is going to be the new client. We're going to have a great job. We've got new revenue coming in. Meanwhile, the client or the customer is back at their home or their office saying, 
oh my gosh, did I make the right decision? What if I didn't make the right decision? Will I be able to get my money back? Can I get a refund? What if it costs me time? What if it costs me money? What if it costs me effort? What if I get fired because I'm the one who chose to work with this business in a B2B setting? So the affirm stage is hugely, hugely important. We then come to phase four, the activate stage. This is the first real moment of truth. In a product-based business, this is when they get your product, they open it up and they use it for the first time. In a service-based business, this is maybe the kickoff meeting or the first time you deliver on the services promised. In this moment, we want to let the customer know that doing business with us is going to be unlike any business experience they've ever had. We want to deliver in an incredible way and make sure we're meeting the promises that we made as part of the sales process, you know, in that assess phase earlier on in the journey. We then come to phase five, Pia. Now, let me tell you, phase five, pro tip here, this is where most businesses start to fall off the rail. So they really struggle in that affirm phase. They also struggle in this phase, the acclimate phase. And the reason they struggle in this phase is you've delivered your product or service hundreds of times, thousands of times, maybe tens of thousands of times. But to a new customer who's never done business with you before, this is the first time they've ever used your product or service. They have no idea what to expect. These are the people that need to read the instructions to understand how it works. These are the people that are like, I know I signed on the contract and agreed to do this project that's going to last four months, but I don't know what comes next. I don't know what to expect. In the acclimate phase, we want to hold our customer's hand. We want to help them navigate through what it's like to do business with us because we need to teach them what the relationship is going to be like and help them acclimate to our way of doing business. We then come to phase six, the accomplish phase. In the accomplish phase, the customer achieves the goal they had when they originally decided to do business with you, back when they were a prospect. See, every prospect has a goal that they're trying to accomplish when they buy your product or they sign up for your service. The question is, number one, do you know what goal they're trying to accomplish? Number two, is that goal that they were trying to accomplish then still their goal? And number three, have they made progress towards achieving that goal? And when they do achieve that goal, what are you doing to celebrate that milestone with them? Because if we don't remember to celebrate it as the provider of the product or the service, we can be sure that it's highly unlikely that they're going to remember to celebrate it, right? Because time That's has passed. True. They've got caught up in other mm -hmm. things. So you really want to celebrate the accomplished because this proves that their investment was worth it. Then, and only then, do we get permission to go to phase seven, the adopt phase. This is when the customer becomes loyal to you and only you. They're not looking at your competitors. They're not you know, pushing back on the pricing. They're excited about whatever it is that you have to offer. You roll out a new product or service, they're right there early in line to buy it. This is anybody who buys Apple products and stands outside the Apple store to buy them before they're even released, okay? Those are adopters. And then, if... And only if we've done a great job of delivering on the adopters, do they transition to phase eight, the advocates. This is when your customers become raving fans, singing your praises far and wide, referring their friends, family, and colleagues. The secret, I think, is that most businesses are super excited to get referrals. They're super excited to get advocates. The problem is we try to rush them to becoming advocates before mm -hmm. taking them through the other seven phases of the buildup. We try to jump right to the advocate phase. That's a fundamental problem. There isn't enough trust built up. There isn't enough consistency built up. There isn't enough of a relationship built up that we can deliver on that. And so that's why so many businesses struggle with referrals because they either don't ask, they ask too early or they ask the wrong way. 
Yeah. So those, those are, are the eight phases. And if you get it right, PI, if you get it right and somebody becomes an advocate, when you roll out a new product or a service, they go back to the beginning. They assess yeah. whether or not they should buy this new thing you're offering. They then admit that they need it. Then they sign, but then they begin to doubt. They go into that affirm stage. Then we activate when we deliver on the new product. It's rinse and repeat. It's like the old shampoo commercials, right? Just rinse mm -hmm. and repeat, do it again and again. And the reality is our likelihood of continuing to sell to existing customers is exponentially greater than our likelihood of selling to a brand new customer. One more statistic. I realize I've firehosed a lot of information there. No, okay, that's but great. One more, I love it. One more statistic. We looked at sales people around the world. And what we found is that across all industries, averaged out, if you are selling to a cold prospect, someone you don't know, in all industries on average, you have somewhere between a 5 and 10% likelihood of closing on that new client. Okay, 5 to 10% is kind of the average cost. Mm -hmm. If you're selling to someone who's already a customer, your likelihood of making the sale, on average across all industries, 60 to 70%. Now, Dang. I don't know about you, but to me, as a salesperson, <laughs> lots of people are like, oh, Joey, you're the customer experience guy. You're anti-sales. No, no, no. I'm all about yeah. easier sales. I'm all yeah. about increasing your batting average. I'm all about creating a scenario where these sales are super easy because of the relationship you've built. Absolutely. That's a wow. Those data points are amazing. I it's kind of like running a relay race like you say, you passing the baton from one phase to the next and if you drop it, the customer's out, right? You're totally. the game is over. Yeah. yeah. And that and Pia, that's a great example because the reality is if you've ever watched the Olympics or the track meets where you see this, it's not that you can just bend down and pick up the baton and run again. Exactly. No, you're disqualified. That's it. Yeah. That's the end of the relationship. And I don't know about you, but I imagine some of our listeners fall into this category that there are certain brands that when you think of them, you will never do business with them again because mm -hmm. of a bad experience you had. Yep. And the reality is we can save a lot of these bad experiences, but not if we're dropping the baton. Yeah, exactly. Let's go back to the affirm stage because sure. that's seems to be the first major bump, right? So buyer's remorse. So there's two questions I have for you. First of all, for those who have their processes automated, I think that we have gone to the extreme sometimes with automation and you just kind of set it and forget it. And, you know, let's talk a little bit about how we can balance automation with the personal touch when we're onboarding our new clients. Absolutely. I am not opposed to automating the fundamental aspects of your business. What I am opposed to is the model of set it and forget it, mainly mm -hmm. the forget it part. Because I think all too often that's what happens. We build it out, we set it and forget it, and then we're delivering a poor experience but we've completely forgotten about that relationship. So what I like to do is have a combination between automated and non-automated activities. And then if there's one that's kind of in between, it's timed activities. So let's break all three of those down. Automated are the things you know are going to happen the same every single time. I have no problem with you putting those into a sequence. Just let the customer know it's a sequence. Just let them know that, hey, by the way, we've reached in the point where in the relationship where I want to remind you about XYZ. Just be honest. Let them know yeah. that this is an automated message. 
Then we have the non-automated. This is where we can parachute in with a personal touch, a video, a text message, a thoughtful note, something that clearly is not automated or certainly doesn't feel automated. Now, that doesn't mean you can't have a scheduled thing where you sign a new client and you go to your calendar and two weeks out, you put into your calendar, write a thank you note to Bob. And it's not automated but it's pre-scheduled, I have no problem with that. In fact, I encourage that because it makes sure things don't slip through the cracks. Then we have what I like to think of as like the situational timed context where if X happens, then Y results. What I mean by that is if a certain scenario happens with the client, we do this thing and it's already ready, it's set up, it's good to go. Let me give an example of how this might work. I have yet to subscribe to a newsletter that has a field form fill-in that says like, Dear Joey, right? Where eventually at some point in receiving that newsletter, I get the version that says Dear Name because for some reason it didn't sync. Everyone who sends a newsletter, at some point you're going to send the newsletter the wrong way. Mm -hmm. Why not write the apology message for that now? Why not stop and think about it today? What could we do if we face plant and we do the wrong name? How could we have fun with that? Maybe we could shoot a video with our team where we say, hey, name, good to see you. Hey, name, great to see you. Always a pleasure (laughs) to have you at the office, name. And we make fun of ourselves and we're like, oh my gosh, this would be a horrible place to work. And we realize we just did this to you. Please, name, just kidding, accept our apologies. And you could have fun with it. And then you've got that teed up so that, God forbid, that thing goes out at the wrong time. You immediately know as soon as that hits, oh, my goodness, cue the screw-up video because we made a mistake. Yeah. So I I think there are things we can anticipate in our business that we could prepare for. Yeah. And it supports your belief that it's no longer B2C or B2B. It's yes. H to H, right? Human totally. to human. Oh my God. You're, you're actually talking to another human. And I think after COVID, we're even more in tune with that because we've lost that human touch. And now people are craving it, right? They really want to be recognized and, and celebrated. 100%. If there is anything that the pandemic has taught us in the last year and a half, it's that the desire for positive human interaction, often physical interaction, is greater than we realize. Hey, Pia here. I have a question for you. Who do you know out of your friends and business associates who is just overwhelmed with what to do next in marketing their business? The phone's not ringing, their leads are drying up, Maybe they're just coming off of the pandemic and sales are down and they need a guide, a strategy for what to do next. There's a ton of noise out there uh, telling them, oh, you need pay-per-click, you need SEO, you need to redesign your website, you need an email campaign. It's just so overwhelming for the common business owner. Well, I'm here to tell you that I am offering a special deal right now for a one-hour brainstorming session with myself Uh, It will be recorded and you will leave this one hour session with a clear idea of the top three tactics you need to go for 
begin the rest of 2021. It's going to create a clear plan for you to execute with your internal team, or you could hand it over to my team. Um, and we're going to really dive into what's going to make you stand out and get you more leads and close more sales for the second half of 2021. So you can go to fingerprintmarketing.com slash strategy session. That's fingerprintmarketing.com forward slash strategy session, all one word. It's a $250 investment for the strategy session. Normally it's 500 and I promise you it's going to be chock full of great next steps for you and your business. Thank you. I think a lot of us, I'll speak for myself, I was taking for granted just how often I actually enjoyed being in a restaurant, ordering mm-hmm. a meal, uh, going on an airplane, going to the movie theater, going to a show, you know, and I hope that everyone who works in a business that has human interaction is as excited about what can we do to really welcome people back? What can we do to say you were missed, to open the fold and to recognize, and you know, this is something that, you know, we're recording this at a time period where things are just starting to open back up, right? And depending yeah. on the state you're in or the country you're in in the world, you're in you're somewhere on the spectrum of how liberal or how conservative the approach has been around social distancing. The reality is we have the opportunity to welcome people back and we need to recognize that some of our most loyal customers are anxious about coming back and it has nothing to do with us and everything to do with the illness. Yeah. So there's yeah. an opportunity to let our customers know. Delta Airlines has done a great job with this. I just flew. I'm a big Delta fan. I just yep. flew on Delta for the first time in 16 months. That is the longest stretch in my entire life without going on an airplane. 16 months. For context, yeah. in 2019, I threw 160,000 miles in 2019. Okay. Ooh. So I spent a lot of time on airplanes. We got on the plane. We get seated. I'm nervous. I haven't been on the plane before. I got my mask on. I'm sanitizing. Everybody's keeping their distance. Everything's feeling pretty good. We sit down and they come on and they play a pre-video before the safety video. And the pre-video is a welcome back. And it's Mm. like, we've missed you. Thank you so much for your patience. Here's what we did in the downtime to make your experience better. Here's what we're doing today to make sure your experience continues to be great. And here are our plans for the future to make your experience even more remarkable. Thank you. And then they switch out of that video into the regular safety video, which ironically enough, everybody's got mask on in the safety video and they're, they're acknowledging the present reality. I was so moved by this. I was like, wow, here's a company that frankly lost a lot of money on me in 2020. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I spent a lot of time and effort in airplanes buying plane tickets And I feel welcomed back. I don't feel judged for not having flown last year. I don't feel like, oh, you waited too long. You should have been back earlier, you know, blah, 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 any of that. And I've been involved in a number of conversations with businesses where they're like, well, why won't these people just come back? Like, we've done everything we need to do. And I'm like, whoa, 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 look, I get it. (laughs) But can we have some empathy for the position they're in? We don't know what their health situation is, what their loved ones, family members, et cetera, might be dealing with. There's a huge opportunity for empathy here. And there's a huge opportunity to being opening up about what you've been doing in the last 18 months as a, as a business and, and, and 
creating that kind of empathy. I just was watching uh, Applebee's commercials and they are playing the theme song from Welcome Back Cotter, right? I love it. Yeah, Welcome yeah. Welcome back. Right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm just like, so first of all, I'm nostalgic. Yeah, and great 70s all, TV show. I love right? it. They're welcoming back. So, so really great tip to take a pause and think about how can you welcome your clients and customers back. The other thing I want to touch on before we move out of the affirm stage is you mentioned overwhelm. So we get so excited and we're like, oh, I'm going to send them all these helpful videos and so forth. So what do you have as far as advice to not overwhelm a new client when they come on? Here's the thing. Often we spend so much time courting these clients that were like, oh, they finally signed on the dotted line. And especially for business owners, our thought is we need to deliver as much value as quickly as possible. And we just overwhelm them. I liken this stuff to dating. Imagine going on a first date with someone. You sit down to the restaurant, you're going to order you know, some dinner. And before you even order the appetizers, you're like, hey, guess what? So I've arranged for my best friend, my college roommate, my parents to come join us. You're going to get to meet all of them today because I really want you to get the full experience of what it's like. Oh, and after this, we're going to go back to my place so you can kind of see what that's like. Then we're going to go to my parents' house so you can see what that's like. Then I'm going to take you to my favorite place. I'm going to take you to my office. I'm going to take you to my favorite park. Oh my gosh, that person would be like, red alert, stage five level stalker. Let's get away from this. This is bad, (laughs) right? And yet so many businesses think, oh, it's a new customer. We've got to flood them with everything. We've got to send them a welcome kit with 78 books to read and 38 worksheets to complete. We've got to send them all these videos. I worked with a company not too long ago where we did an assessment of the number of videos that they send in the first two weeks. Now, this is sending videos that they're like, hey, watch this video before our first call. Watch this video before our second call. Do, do, do. Lots of homework. There were over 70 pieces of content that their new clients were supposed to consume and process in the first 10 days of the relationship. And I was like, guys, you're just, you're, you're fire hosing them. You're overwhelming them. This is not what we want to do. So long story short, you've got great content. You've great ideas. Just drip them, feed it in a little, maybe even make it a little self-pacing where you can say, Hey, if you like that and you watch that, we've got another one here, but go ahead and take your time. Let us know when you're done with it. And then slowly drip those things out instead of overwhelming them that early. That's great advice. So let's move to the other spectrum. So now we have happy clients and we're getting, we're, they, they are just singing our praises. And you talk about being careful about not jumping in too soon to ask for a testimonial or a a customer story. When is a good time to ask them for that? Yeah. So the best time to ask someone for a testimonial or a referral is right after they've had an accomplished moment right after they've accomplished something that they were striving to do. So if you can figure out, oh, the thing they were trying to do was X, Y, Z, and now we've delivered on that, ask them right then. So asking for a testimonial, no problem. You can ask there. Asking for a referral, the secret here, I think, is you want to get very specific on the type of referral you ask. So many businesses are like, do you know anyone else that could use our services? (laughs) What that does in my brain is it literally makes me think of every human I've ever met And now I've got to try to narrow down, well, what human that I've met might need help with SEO or might need help Mm -hmm. with website builds or might need help with automation or whatever the thing is that's being sold. Instead, what I think we should ask is, who do you know 
that is an overwhelmed small business owner who realizes they could be doing a lot more with the emails of the customers they already have and would love someone to set up a turnkey solution to allow them to add email marketing to their business. Which, by the way, is Bam. what we did for you. Now, yeah. I immediately think of the five business owners that I know who are completely overwhelmed, who are lamenting to me, Joey, I don't know what to do with all these emails, and I can make a direct introduction to those people. And then, when someone does make a referral, how are you acknowledging that? Are you just saying thanks? Oh, or are you yeah. actually expressing sincere gratitude? Are you giving them a commission? Are you giving them some type of a gift, regardless of whether the deal works out or not? Sometimes what, what I'll often do is if somebody makes the referral, there's one acknowledgement for the referral. Then there's a second acknowledgement once the client actually signs on. Then there's a third acknowledgement when the project's done. Because we completed a successful project. And I want anyone who refers business to me to know Joey will keep delivering long through the relationship with that client as well. I'll be sending you some referrals. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love it. Sounds good. So I want to get into some personal questions because sure. I want the audience to get to know you. I heard a rumor that you have a new book coming out or that you're working on one. I'm working on it. We, we don't have a publication okay. date yet. The new book is going to be called Never Lose an Employee Again. It's going to look at how can we create the kind of remarkable experiences that keep our employees and retain our employees long term. I believe that employee experience and customer experience are two sides of the same coin. As you improve one, you necessarily improve the other. As one goes down, the other goes down too. So we've been working for about two and a half years now on research, on case studies, on consulting projects with clients to enhance their employee retention and employee experience. And I will tell you, Pia, I was blown away by yeah. the results we've been able to achieve. I have just, I, I thought we did good things on the customer side, on the employee side. Oh my goodness. And when you take into consideration the resignation tidal wave that is coming and already upon us in many ways, but certainly more yep. yet to come post COVID, paying attention and keeping your top talent is more important than ever before. Yeah, the timing for that that topic is amazing. So we noticed that there's lots of books behind you. And I yes. know you are a fellow bookworm. What are you reading these days? I'm curious. Oh, Fiction, so let me, uh, oh my goodness. Uh, all of the above. I usually have three okay. or four books going at the same time. Same. Uh, yeah, I, I love uh, both fiction and nonfiction. The book that I will plug that isn't out yet, but I'm reading it right now, and it's fantastic, is this one. It's called The Experience Ooh. Maker. It's by Dang my Gingas. podcast co-host, Dan Gingas, great customer experience guy. It comes out this fall. You can actually buy the Kindle book now. The uh, oh, cool. hardcover and the paperback are coming out this fall, but it's all about creating the kind of remarkable experiences that your customers want to talk about. So I highly recommend people check out The Experience Maker by Dan Gingas. That's amazing. So I also know that you're a huge travel buff as, as am I. What's your favorite place that just top of your head that you travel to that you would love to go back again? Oh, that's to? a tough one, Pia. I'm at 48 countries and counting for the I number know. of countries I've been to <laughs> in the world. Uh, that is a tough one. You know, what I will say is, uh, and this isn't publicly known yet, so it's a reveal on your show. Um, I had a goal when I was about seven years old and I learned that there were seven continents to try to make it to all seven continents before I turned 40. I'm in my late 40s. My goal had to switch to before I'm 50. And I am thrilled to say that in a few months, I will be going to Antarctica, which will be my seventh <gasps> continent. And I will have had the experience. So that is by far the trip I am most excited about right now. 
That's amazing. And you're making yeah. it before your 50th, right? I am. I am. I'll be in That's under the wire. I'll, I'll actually be 48 when I go to Antarctica. So I'm, I'm wow. doing all right. So yeah, That's super amazing. excited for that. But yeah, big fan. Get out, experience the world, uh, especially now that COVID is making that more acceptable to travel. Jeez, people, come on. Let's get out there. Let's see I know. the rest of the planet. I know. Well, thank you so much, Joey. I know you got to run, but we'll have to do episode two with you in the next coming uh, months. And I can't wait for your new book to come out. It's such a pleasure to speak with you as always. Oh, thanks, B.I. So appreciate it. I look forward to conversation number two. And thanks to everybody who was kind enough to listen in. Hopefully you got a couple tips of things you can do to create remarkable experiences in your business in the first hundred days and beyond. Wow, what a great show with Joey Coleman. He gave us a lot of takeaways, didn't he? So he also has a gift for us. He has put together the first 100 days implementation kit PDF. It's chock full of ideas of how to wow your new clients and customers and keep them and what to do in the first 100 days so they become customers forever. You can download this free gift at joeycoleman.com forward slash fingerprint. That's joeycoleman.com slash fingerprint. And the exact URL is in the show notes. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Make Your Marketing Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website, for show notes and additional episodes at makeyourmarketingpodcast.com. Hey, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and please consider rating and reviewing. This helps other potential listeners find us and share the goodies with them. And by the way, you can also email me because I'd love to hear from you. Email me at pia at fingerprintmarketing.com with feedback, questions, a topic, anything that you want to chat about. Thanks again for listening. <laughs>